Hello, hello. Welcome to the Milk Carton Kids podcast. We are back. We had to take a few weeks off because of the craziness of our lives, but we're really excited to be back recording. Yes. And this is episode (laughs) nine. So just to recap real fast, this podcast is about missing children. Some people might think it's a little too heavy or too hard to listen to these stories, and that's okay, but we think it's really important to share and bring awareness. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we did decide to keep it light and share cases of children who have been found, and maybe their stories will one day help someone who, God forbid, ends up in a similar situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And also before that, I have like an update on one of my cases that I covered. <gasps> Exciting. I know. It yeah. was on the, the Orin and Orson West case, case, you know, the little brothers who were um, playing with chalk outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, super recent one. Um, as of March 31st, they like served a search warrant to the adoptive parents' house mm-hmm. and uh, did a search there. Uh, so hopefully maybe they'll find something. Up. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'll keep you guys, everybody updated once like that comes out and if they found anything. Yeah. But uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I can go. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, for this week, I decided to do the, um, kidnapping of Jamie Kloss, um, who it's pretty recent, just, uh, just happened a, a couple years ago, um, about three, a little, almost three years ago. Um, but the story kind of starts out with, uh, Jamie Kloss was, uh, 13 at the time and that she was abducted from her family home in Barron, Wisconsin on October 15th of 2018 by, uh, Jake Patterson, who at the time was actually only 21 years old when he kidnapped her. Um, it's, took place at 12:53 a.m. Uh, from her home when Patterson had po- uh, forced himself inside the home and fatally shooting her parents. Patterson then took Kloss to a house 70 miles away in rural Gordon, Wisconsin, and held her captive for 88 days until she escaped on January 10th of 2019. Um and I think before getting into the details of the kidnapping, I think kind of one of the very first things that like came to my mind is kind of what was the connection between the two. Um, and when they were kind of speaking with him, there was no, there was no connection between them. Um, the police believe that he had no social media contact with Klaus or her family and the relatives of Klaus didn't recognize his name at all. Um, he told authorities that he saw Klaus getting off the school bus outside the family residence in September while he was driving home from work and that he knew instantly that he knew that she was the girl he wanted to take. That is so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think that's kind of the thing that like drew me in a little bit was, was he just, he felt the urge to just kidnap and it truly was a, was kind of a random, a random kidnapping. Um, 
but going into kind of the events of that night, um, he, so he did kill both of, both of Jamie's parents. Um, he killed the father upon, um, entering the, upon entering the home, he shot the father through the door after he refused to open the door, uh, because he, Patterson was claiming that he was a police officer and, And then he was calling out like, I need to see your badge. I need to see your badge. And he wouldn't do it and was like screaming uh, obscenities um, for him to open the door. Um, And he fired once through the door, fatally shooting the father. And once he was in the house, he had the motive of no witnesses left behind. And he found the... He found the mother and Jamie both locked in the bathroom where he shot the bathroom door down and he ended up, uh, he bound Jamie's wrists and ankles using duct tape and in front of her fatally shot her mother. So not not only are you going to be kidnapped, but you just had to watch your mother be murdered right in front of you. Um, But while he was trying to break down the door um, at 1253 a.m., the mother had made a 911 call. Uh, The mother didn't speak at all, uh, but they had heard a disturbance and a yelling in the background when the call was disconnected and the dispatcher called the number back. They received the voicemail of Denise Kloss, the mother, and in between the time that they had called back and like had kind of gotten the location of where the call was coming from in the time that Patterson had taken um, her out of the home was only four minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, exactly. And you can't expect them to respond any, any faster than that. Right. Um, but Patterson later told investigators that he had actually pulled over 20 seconds down the road from the house and watched the deputies mm-hmm. speed by as they went to the house. Um, the neighbors had reportedly heard the gunshots, but they dismissed them, um, since hunting was common around their homes, which is crazy because hunting who's at hunting at 1253? <laughs> like in the middle of the, I mean, I'm not a hunter. I don't know. Um, but I don't know why you're hunting it or you could dismiss that as, as a hunting gunshot in the middle of the night yeah Um, like how how often are people hunting at night in your neighborhood where you hear gunshots like that yeah i i i don't i so i don't know um (laughs) but um so after he had watched the cop cars drive back or drive past um he drove to the location that he was staying at, which was just a simple cabin. Uh, He made Kloss change into a different pair of pajamas um, and then forced her under his mattress, which is kind of where he kept her. um, And he sealed off all the exits before going to sleep. Um, He 
because he didn't really put too much thought into kidnapping her, um, he didn't do a lot to the house or do anything to kind of keep her captive because he believed that she was going to be too afraid to try to escape. Um, They reportedly slept in the same bed um and he would let Klaus outside the home from time to time but it was just for brief walks on the lawn after he kind of did a lookout for anyone um walking by and on the afternoon of january 10th 2019 uh patterson told Klaus that he was leaving for a few hours he put her under the bed which is where he kept her before boxing her inside with his belongings. And he departed Klaus, pushed the objects out from underneath the bed. And then she ran out of the house and came across some, uh, a local resident, uh, Janine Nutter, who recognized her from the news reports of being abducted. Um, she took her to a nearby neighbor's house and they contacted the police and, uh, yeah. And then it just kind of, you know, went down from there. Um, he Patterson didn't put up too much of a fight. The second he saw the cops, he kind of just admitted and was just like, yeah, I did it. And then they arrested him and he's currently imprisoned for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully forever. Yeah. I don't think how oh how long was it that he um oh yeah. He killed two people, you can't get no, out. Yeah. Um so he on May twenty fourth, Patterson was sentenced to a maximum of two consecutive life sentences in prison without the possibility of parole for the murders, plus an additional forty years for kidnapping. Yeah. Yeah, good. He's where he belongs, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. So, What goes through, like, someone's, like, head? Did you, like, read any, like, um, interviews that he did on his, like, thought process? Um, No. So he – so while he was in jail, um, he actually wrote a response letter to some questions that a reporter from a television station in Minneapolis had sent him. Um, and he said that his crimes were just committed basically or mostly on just imp- uh, impulse. So there wasn't a lot of like, that one yeah, there wasn't a lot of like premeditation that went into it. It's just something that he saw her get off the bus, decided he wanted to do, and he did it. Yeah. And that's so sad. And now she doesn't have her parents. Like, what a terrible person. Correct. Yeah. I would just, yeah, not only are you kidnapping, but you, you murdered her parents, like, in front of her, basically, and that's just, it's kind of just adding more salt to the wound of not only being a victim of abduction, you know? Yeah, hopefully she can, um, she's with her aunt, right? Yeah, so she lives with, uh, lives with her aunt now. Hopefully she can, like have some sort of a normal child. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that story coming out and her being found mm-hmm. just gives you chills. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't long. I mean, it was only 88 days, but I mean, eight days That's in that situation time. is, is in fact a long time. It's, I feel like it's, it's yeah. not for, 
you know, those who are found, I kind of feel like they're held captive for, for years. Like a lot of the ones that I was seeing is, you know, held captive for one, two, eight, nine years, um, which I can't imagine the psychological effects of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my case is on the kidnapping of Katie Beers. This one was a while ago. It's like back in 1993. And she had like a traumatic childhood from the beginning. She was often left neglected by her mother and was sent to live with her godmother, Linda, and her godfather, Sal, for like extended periods of Mm -hmm. time. Um, She reported that she endured slave-like treatment from them, and eventually Sal began to sexually assault her when she was just a toddler. So just two days before her 10th birthday, Katie was kidnapped by her neighbor, John Esposito. He told her that he was going to take her to an indoor amusement park called Spaceplex, but they never went. Instead, he took her to the 7-Eleven and then to Toys R Us, where he bought her a game like a video mm-hmm. game. That's how he got her to go to his house. He had the gaming system for the game that he bought her. Huh. And so he was like, yeah, I'm going to buy you this game, but you got to come over to my house and play it because you don't have it. But I do coincidentally. Interesting. But I guess if you're nine, that makes sense. <laughs> right. And she knew him. It was, her, yeah. you know, it was her neighbor. But actually um, her mom didn't want her near him or Sal during that time because she had found out that Sal was like sexually assaulting um, her and um, John wasn't really that mm-hmm. good of a guy. So, um, but the, the mother, the godmother pushed for her to go see him and hang out mm. with him. She's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. She's like, no, my mom doesn't yeah. want me to go. Interesting. So that same day, John reported her missing. Uh, Katie left a message on Linda's answering machine saying, I've been kidnapped by a man with a knife. Police traced the call and it was made at a payphone near the spaceplex. So the police pretty much said that it was a previously recorded Mm -hmm. message. So so John probably recorded her saying it and then just put it up to the payphone to try and make it look Mm -hmm. like it wasn't him. Like, right. (laughs) So John had an underground basement that he had made for her. It had a toilet, mattress, a small TV where she got to witness the searches and the news stories covering her every day. Um, And he had chains that were placed around her neck and she just laid in this bed tied in the dark. So in an interview, she said that she watched news stories and that gave her hope and she knew that people were looking for her. She said that if the searches had stopped or she didn't see people worried about her, she probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. have fought as hard to get them to release her. I was just like, just think about all those missing kids out there who don't make it to the news channels and like they don't get the wall to wall coverage, like how they must feel especially because she was being abused. So she probably didn't think that people cared about her anyways. Cause she was, you know, she right. So it probably well. gave her a little hope to like see it consistently. Yeah. yeah. 
So she started asking him questions to try and manipulate him and force him to think about the future. She'd ask him questions like, how am I going to go to school? And he would tell her, I'll teach you. She was like, well, what about, you know, when I want to get married and have kids? And he's like, well, you're going to marry me and Mm -hmm. we're going to have kids. Um, And then so in a police interview, he told the police that he bought her a game and then took her to Spaceplex and that she went to go get tokens. And he said something sinister had happened to her, which was a red flag for the police. Like, yeah. Like, how would you know something sinister happened to her? We don't know where yeah. she's at. So, so he became the prime suspect, and they were on his property all the time. Ugh. So 17 days later, on January 13th, 1993, John admitting to kidnapping Katie and led the police to where he was keeping her. Um, so, you know, he... During those 17 days, the police were all over John's property, so he could only go down to the dungeon that he made for her in, like, spurts or mm-hmm. at night. And the dungeon that he had built was pretty elaborate. Like, he could have kept her down there for a very yeah. long time. He had built a bookcase that could slide, and it led into a closet with carpet. And under the carpet, you could pull that up, and then there was linoleum, and you could pull that up, and then under there there was a 250-pound concrete door that dropped down into this little tunnel that he built, and he went into, like, like it went into the room that she was staying Oh, goodness. At. Yeah, and he said that he built it for her, but he had to have been planning this for a really long time if yeah. that was the case, because it was made of concrete. Like, it wasn't like Jamie's case. Put her under just, the bed, yeah. You know, put her under the bed and put a bunch of stuff over it. Like, she yeah. can't move it. Um, it almost makes you think too, so like makes- if it w- like if he's done it before, or like if it was for someone exactly. else. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because John's mother told Katie's mom that he was in the Boys and Girls Club of America mentor program, and like back then there was really no way to check to see if it was true, so people would just have to kind mm-hmm. of believe it. Um, but it turned out that was a lie. So how many people did you know he get to trust? By telling yeah. them this, being around a bunch of little kids, and he pled guilty to grabbing a seven-year-old boy at oh a shopping. Oh gosh! Mall. So he yeah. Died. So, like to me, he she probably wasn't yeah. the first. Um, he pled guilty to first-degree kidnapping and was sentenced to fifteen years to life. He had always denied sexually assaulting Katie until a few days before his death, and then he finally admitted mm. it. I always wonder why serial killers don't confess on their deathbed like that. Yeah. You know, like. Pretty done for. You might as well just go with your glory, like, and admit. Right. I wonder how many, like, serial killers could end up with Alzheimer's and just not even remember that they do it. So Sal was also convicted of assaulting Katie and died in jail 15 years later. Um, she says that the abduction was probably the best thing that ever happened to her because it got her out of that terrible oh, yeah. living condition. Um, with her mm. mother and godparents. Like, all the abuse and neglect was finally brought to light, and she was placed in foster care and is still really close to her foster family. Like, she considers oh, them good. her family. Yeah. Child psychologists say that most children don't end up so well-adjusted like she did. Um, 
And it was probably because of her previous trauma that she experienced. Mm -hmm. So, and she wrote a book called Buried Memories, which I actually ordered it and I'm Uh reading it right now. So, um, yeah, it's really inspiring. And so everyone should go out and buy it and support survivors. It's crazy to, to think someone, you know, sees being abducted as like a positive thing in their life you know right like she was living in a terrible condition Mm -hmm. like sexually assaulted just 17 days of hell and that was like the best thing that happened to you that's rough that's crazy like how bad was it before in her book in her book she does describe like um she had like cigarette marks like burn marks on her Mm -hmm. uh they were just like awful to her so yeah. So she's, you know, she went on to college and she was married and has children. Oh, good. Happy, so. Good. But I had never heard this yeah, story. Yeah, no, me either. So um, anything no. else you want to oh, add? I think it was good to start back oh, on a positive you. little success stories, I guess you could call them. Yeah. It always is nice. Like, I feel like we should just always throw in, you know, yeah. happy ending. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate us, and leave us a comment. Find us on TikTok. I'm not going to lie. I've pretty much given up on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. Like, I don't really use them yeah. or like to use them. I just kind of make the TikToks, so... Um, but if you have a case that you want us to cover, please send us an email at milkcartonkidspodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, stay alert. Bye.